we're, we're really glad that you're here and glad those of you who are joining us online this morning. Well, today is, uh, is Pentecost. It's uh, the birthday of the church. It's the day we celebrate the God giving the Holy Spirit to live in the lives of all of us who try to follow Jesus. And um, this morning, uh, you know, normally we celebrate from that story in Acts uh, where the Holy Spirit came down like fire and wind. And normally that's the story we talk about on Pentecost. But this morning, we're going to look at a different uh, versus a little different section of Scripture. And um, I want, before we begin, to give uh, credit up front to Fred Craddock for some of the insights that I want to share with you this morning. But in the Gospel of John, chapter 20, let me begin reading in verse 19. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together, the doors were locked for fear of the Jewish leaders. Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. And after he said this, he showed them his hands and his side, and the disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them, and he said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Now, the church traditionally celebrates Pentecost by, you know, reading from Acts, uh, the story of what happened on the day of Pentecost. Pentecost was a Jewish holiday that occurred 50 days after Passover. And so it occurs 50 days after Easter. And Pentecost was the celebration of God giving the Ten Commandments to Moses on Mount Sinai. And so that's what they would celebrate. Uh, the, the time that Moses went up the, the mountain and God gave them the Ten Commandments and they would celebrate him giving those to them. That was the Pentecost celebration. Um, but as you may or may not know, there's, there's two stories in the Bible about the giving of the Holy Spirit. There's that one that we're most familiar with in Acts where, you know, the Holy Spirit came down like fire and wind. But then there's the one that we just read from the Gospel of John that says that Jesus looked at the disciples and said, receive the Holy Spirit and breathed on them. So uh, Luke, who wrote the book of Acts, uh, that Pentecost story is based on Exodus 20, uh, Moses going up the mountain to get the Ten Commandments. Because on that day when Moses went up the mountain to get the Ten Commandments, you know, the weather was getting kind of iffy and the sky was getting dark and he went up there and, and there was a violent wind and there was fire and then he came down from the mountain with the Ten Commandments. And so, so God revealed himself to his people through the giving of the, of the Ten Commandments with wind and with fire. And then in the book of Acts, God reveals God's self to the people through the giving of the Holy Spirit, through wind and through fire. But John tells us about a much smaller, quieter Pentecost. And John's isn't based on Exodus 20. John's is based on Genesis 2, where God breathes into the first human being the very breath of life. And so it's a whole different kind of understanding. John tells us about this small, quiet kind of Pentecost 
the disciples are all um, in a room together and they're hiding and the door's locked. Jesus was crucified and they were afraid and they didn't know what to do. And Jesus showed up in the room that was locked and he said, peace be with you. And that's not just an ordinary greeting. I, I always find it interesting that um, whenever throughout the Bible, whenever an angel appears to somebody as a messenger, they almost always say, fear not. That's almost always the first words out of their mouth. And that makes sense. Um, it's kind of like they're just saying, you know, I know you never thought you would ever really see an angel, but here I am, and I can see you're freaking out. So just calm down, fear not, don't be afraid. And Jesus does sort of the same thing. He shows up, last time they saw him, he had been crucified. And he kind of showed up and said, I know you guys didn't expect to see me again, but here I am. And I can tell you're kind of freaking out, so calm down, peace be with you. And he showed them his hands and his feet, and he showed them his side, and they realized it was him. And they were overjoyed. So they celebrated that it was Jesus. And then again, he told them, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I'm sending you. So now Jesus shows up after the resurrection in the room, and he says, you know, all the things we were doing before the crucifixion, we're going to keep on doing the same mission that I had is now your mission. You keep doing all the things I was doing. You, you, keep, you have to keep it going. And in order to be able to keep it going, you're going to need the Holy Spirit. And so Jesus breathed on them the Holy Spirit. And, and in, in this story, we're, we're not reminded of Moses going up on Mount Sinai with the fire and the wind, but we're reminded of creation and how when God made the first human, God breathed the breath of life of the Spirit, and he became a living soul. And, and that's what, in the creation story, that's what differentiates us from the animals. You know, God created everything, but into Adam, he, he breathed God's own breath, God's own spirit. And so that, that's the difference between humans and the rest of the animals that God created. I don't know if you've ever thought about it, but, you know, God, God created everything. He created the elephants and the giraffe and the lions and the antelopes. And then God created snakes and alligators and all those other critters that run around in our yards here in Florida. And then God uh, took some mud and fashioned it into the shape of a human. And uh, I, I always, when I read this, I always remember um, my Old Testament professor at Sanford, uh, Dr. Joins, who used to always remind us that we really are nothing but a bunch of walking mud balls. <laughs> and, and then God leaned down and mouth to mouth like CPR, breathed into this clay figure, the breath of God. And Adam received the kiss of life. And so if God had not breathed into Adam his spirit, then we would be like all the other animals God created. 
Because the difference between humans and the other animals is that God has breathed the breath of God into us. So we don't, he didn't do that with the other animals. And that makes us different. God's spirit is within us. I mean, imagine if, if we didn't have the spirit of God in us, then our lives would be like all the other animals. We would only be concerned about ourselves and about getting what we need and protecting ourselves and reproducing. And that'd be it. That would be the meaning of our lives. You know, some animals can be trained to do tricks. And they can jump through hoops. And, and they can do all kinds of tricks. And if they do that, they become more popular. And if they become more popular, then somebody will take care of them. And uh, so some animals learn to do tricks. Some animals learn how to be well-groomed. And then they compete with each other to see uh, who looks the best. And we even have big shows for them, you know, like that big uh, dog show that's on TV. And uh, if the animal's attractive enough, then she receives attention and gets taken care of. And then some animals, you know, some people think they're more valuable because of their heritage. Because if they're purebred or they come from the right genetic line, uh, that gives them more value than other animals. <laughs> Imagine if we had to live like animals. We spent our days preoccupied with just getting what we want and protecting ourselves and sex and doing tricks and jumping through hoops to get other people's approval and comparing ourselves to others to see who's the most attractive on the outside and then thinking that because of where or how or who we were born would make us more valuable than somebody else. Good thing we don't live like animals in it. Because God created us to live like humans. We were created for more than that. So God thought the animal was pretty cool. And the peacock was pretty amazing. I believe God has mixed feelings still about the cat. <laughs> but Adam was special. Adam was different because Adam had the spirit of God within him. And so we were created to dream and to achieve and to love in ways that the rest of creation doesn't understand. So Jesus had been crucified, and there were rumors of his resurrection. The disciples were huddled together in this locked room out of fear, and then Jesus appeared in their midst, and he said, peace be with you. And he showed them his hands, his side, his feet, and they were overjoyed that it was him. And then he said again, peace be with you. The mission the Father gave me, I'm giving to you. And in order for you to be able to accomplish it, he breathed on them the Holy Spirit. The very breath that God breathed into Adam. And so uh, then this passage re ends with that strange verse about Whoever the disciples forgive are forgiven, and whoever they don't forgive are not forgiven, and that's really kind of confusing. And if you've read that and that doesn't make any sense to you, then, you know, join the club. You're not alone. Uh, scholars have argued over that for centuries. And so um, I'm going to give you my uh, theological take on the verse. Don't worry about it. Uh, because the one thing we know for sure is that whenever we come to God and ask for forgiveness, God offers us grace and forgiveness. And no one stands in between us and God. 
that's between us and God. And so sometimes we don't understand a verse, but you still understand everything else that's taught everywhere else in Scripture. And so that's what we go by. So Luke told us the story about how at Pentecost the disciples were praying and it was loud and there was this big wind and fire and the Holy Spirit came. John tells us that they were huddled together, scared to death in an upper room. And Jesus looked at them and said, I want you to continue my mission and you're going to need some help. And he breathed on them the Holy Spirit. So who's right? Well, I think they both are. And I don't know, but I think maybe John included this story for, for those who are introverts, who don't feel comfortable with the way Luke tells the story. Now, there are some people that the Holy Spirit within their life is loud and large. I mean, they go out with no fear. They have courage to do incredible things. They stand up in front of thousands of people and speak and tell people about Jesus. They see miracles happen there's just all this loud, huge, unbelievable stuff that goes on in their lives. And they are so passionate about what they do that people around them look at them and just wonder, what are you smoking? But then there are others for whom the Holy Spirit works in their life in very quiet, almost imperceptible ways. There's some who are addicted to alcohol addicted to drugs, but slowly, one day at a time, the Holy Spirit worked within them until they were free, and they overcame it. There were some people who used to have a hard time loving other people, but now, because of the Holy Spirit in them, every day they, they learn a little more, and they've reached the point where now it's Helping somebody when they see somebody in need is just a natural thing for them to do. There's some who are absolutely terrified to stand up in front of three people and say a word about God. But they're the first people to show up at your door with the homemade fried chicken when you get home from the hospital. There's people who won't argue the scripture with you, but they'll pray for you when you leave. There's folks that will not be a greeter, but they stay after church and help clean up in the kitchen after the meal. And these folks just go about often unnoticed, doing the things Jesus did, loving people the way Jesus loved them. They don't write books. They aren't famous. They don't make much noise. But God, through the Holy Spirit, is at work in them. And for them, and maybe for you, it wasn't loud. There wasn't any fire or any wind. It was more like God just breathed life into you. And it changed everything. And after all these years, you still haven't been able to shake it. Like God quietly breathing new life into us. And we can no longer live like animals because the breath of God is in us. Breathe on us, Lord Jesus. 
so that we can be about your mission in this place. Amen.